0: Welcome to the Around the Met podcast, powered by Callaway Golf. Here's your host, AJ Vopel. Welcome, everyone. This is the Around the Met podcast, powered by Callaway Golf. Yes, this is episode one of season three, and I know you are all anticipating it like the final season of Game of Thrones, because I know I have. I'm super excited to be back. I'm your host, AJ Volpel. And we are recording this in our cool little podcast studio here at Callaway headquarters in sunny Carlsbad, California. If you're not familiar with this podcast, we bring on a special guest each episode and chat about what makes the Met area really one of the best places in the world for golf between the people, the clubs, uh, courses, history, championship. We cover it all on this show. And as many of you know, Callaway is one of the MJ's biggest supporters, and we're proud to be a content partner and major championship sponsor uh, to the likes of the Med Open, the Ike, and the Senior Open. This podcast is being recorded on April 30th, which means we are just under three weeks away from the PGA Championship at the famed Beth Page Black Horse. Yes, the first time it's being held in May. Since 1949, and the first time it's being held on Long Island since 1939. That's all information I got from this month's Met Golfer, which I'm actually staring at right now. Uh, There's a tremendous cover story feature in it that includes all the info you need heading into the season's second major. And it's, uh, man, this is one of the most anticipated PGA championships that I could personally remember. Uh, So we're going to kick off this season of Around the Met podcast The same way we ended it last year, and that's with a conversation with Beth Page, golf course director of agronomy, Andrew Wilson. If you listen to uh, our conversation last year, I believe it was in November, he gave us a preview of what his team was doing to kind of hunker down for the winter and prepare the golf course for uh, potential weather uh, he was talking about ice on the greens and how that's one of the biggest detriments uh, to a green, amongst other things. And it was a uh, one of the most popular episodes of the year. So we decided that we'd love to have him back on uh, to discuss how the winter went for him and his team, what were some of his biggest challenges, how the course is shaping up. I was out there. I was fortunate enough to be out there last week and, you know, made some observations of the bunkers, the greens, the rough that I want to talk to him about, about fairway width. Um, real technical kind of geeky stuff that we're going to get to. Um, and I know that he's just the guy to answer those questions. But before we get to Andrew, I want to give a quick plug to the MJ competition season, which is starting to gear up. So head over to mjgolf.org and see where this year's tournaments are being held. And if your game is in shape, definitely sign up for one of the qualifiers. And while you're there, just check out an MJ play day, which are amazing one day outings at top area courses where all MGA members are welcome, and where Callaway does closest to the pin and longest drive prizes uh, for each play day. So a great chance to uh, uh, play one of your friends or win some great prizes from Callaway. And then if you're in the need for some new gear this year, because I know that everybody on the East Coast is really starting to get excited for the season you'll probably want to check out the new Epic Flash Driver and Fairway Woods from Callaway. Flash was the only driver to be awarded a perfect score in Golf Digest's annual hot list. It features Flash Face technology, which was designed by artificial intelligence, and it's designed to make your longest drives go even longer. Pair that up with Jailbreak technology, and Flash is an absolute rocket launcher. Make sure you go to your local club, your local shop. Try one. Try it against the competition see which driver works best for you, or go to calwaygolf.com, where all the information, photography, videos, podcasts like you're listening to right now, uh, is all available. So without further ado, it's time to get the championship season underway. Here is our recent conversation with Beth Page, State Park, Director of Agronomy, Andrew Wilson. Hey, this is Lex from Callaway Golf, making sure you're subscribed to the Around the Met podcast. Just search Around the Met on your Apple podcast app, SoundCloud, or Spotify, and hit that subscribe button. And while you're there, subscribe to all of Callaway's podcasts, like The Ship Show and Fitting Room, where Nate and AJ will help you get your gear tuned up for the season. Now, back to AJ. All right, guys. Welcome back to episode one, season three of the Around the Met podcast, and calling all the way on the East Coast, Beth Page, or I guess technically Farmingdale is none other than Director of agronomy at Beth Page State Park and that is Andrew Wilson. Andrew thanks again for, for hopping on the show. You ended last year and now you're the first guest this year. That's a, that's a pretty good little run you're on right now.
1: Yeah, a little bookend action, pretty good pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, you must be an important guy.
1: I guess you know that's that's funny to say that one of uh, this guy Frank Ross, is pretty well known in the industry. He's a uh, uh, great. He's been working with us for about twenty years, and he says, "Hey, you must be making it to the big time now people are asking me if, uh, if I know you." And meanwhile, uh, you know, for twenty years, people have asked me if I know him. So, uh, yeah, it's just kind of satisfying uh, to hear some of that stuff. It's uh, flattering, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, of course that's uh, yeah that's 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 pretty amazing, especially um, you know that you'll have the the spotlight on you and and your team in. Uh, just, I mean, just under three weeks now, which is crazy. Because, oh my gosh, I remember uh, going to Beth Page and covering the announcement when it was first announced that the PGA and the Ryder Cup were coming in in 2019. Did do you feel like it kind of snuck up on you a little bit?
1: Uh, oh, yeah, a little bit. I guess once the moment's here, the the past seems to uh, to go by fairly fleeting. But we had a Barclays in between, so that was uh. You know, the, the time does pass pretty fast here at Best Page. Uh, you know we did host the Barclays, and I, I count how many you know bunkers we've rebuilt uh, on the black course, or all on the other courses, and tees we've done, and other projects that have happened. Uh, yeah, day to day it goes by pretty fast, uh, like 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 everything. But yeah, that that day when they made the announcement, uh, it actually happened to be on my birthday in 2013. So, but for six years, it's it's uh, you know it seems like it's it's sort of uh, the, the pyramid, uh, you know with the we set the base in 2013 and now we're reaching the pinnacle and uh we actually have two weeks left three weeks uh you know yeah two weeks we're in it
0: yeah no i know and and it was it was nice because i i got a chance um i had a a actually mj media day uh which was at hudson national um last week last tuesday and then um i was able to piggyback that with a round on the black and um it was great i you know, I went over, I slept over, like I've done, you know, uh, geez, I've probably done 50, 60 times. Uh, but, uh, you know, slept over, did the whole thing, then, uh, played the golf course with a couple friends. Uh, we actually recorded it, uh, for a little bit of content that we, that we're going to do. And, you know, every hole, it was funny because like somebody would just like mention, man, like this place is absolutely mint. Like they could literally have everybody, Play it right now. Do you guys feel that way as the course is now, or are you kind of happy that there's like two more weeks to make the, some final adjustments?
1: Yeah, I think we we feel pretty good about where we are now. Um, I think the two weeks are appreciated right now. We're closed, uh, so that's good, and I think uh, I'm really happy with uh, you know Mike Hadley and the staff. Uh, he's our black superintendent. He's done a, an amazing job on the greens. The greens are, are perfect right now, so. We feel really good about the greens and the fairways. And so now we have two weeks to work on the bunkers and, and get a little nitpicky, which is a good good spot to be in, uh when, when we start focusing on some details and you know, really really site specific things we want to get done. Uh you know, the rough could another two weeks uh to grow and I'm sure uh the trees as well. I mean the trees are still just barely leafing out right now. So another two weeks on the trees will be uh probably give the course a better look. It's, it's definitely gonna be a spring look. Um uh, but, uh, like yeah, like I said, it, it's I feel good that the, the greens are in great shape and we can get nitpicky. And, you know, sometimes, it, like in the past when we've had tournaments, like the Open and stuff like that, we're, we seem to be in pretty good shape two weeks before. Then the other thing that you have over your head is you just don't hope that, you know, a bowler uh, springs an oil leak or something mm. crazy like that. You know, so that there's a little bit of that uh, pressure as well. But for the most part, uh, yes, yeah, just kind of getting into the practice that getting our, our guys into a, a good routine. We started getting... Uh, so for events like this, we, we get a lot of loan equipment. Toro is one of our big sponsors. Toro just, you know, we probably just got about 25 bowlers in the past <laughs> two days. Be, that was that just specifically for the tournament. So there's things like that going on. So you have a lot of logistics behind the scenes as well.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, okay, so a couple things you said there I want to touch up on. Yeah. Um, so the first thing is the bunkers. You mentioned the bunkers, and, you know, I played the Black a ton, but I feel I was in a lot of the I was in a lot of the bunkers is uh, when I played it. It feels like a different sand though. It's it feels like a um like because whenever I kind of think of the black like you know you get uh, you get like a bunch of uh, fried eggs and and kind of buried lies in the bunker which like which uh, a couple of my uh, playing competitors got. But it feels like it's like a little like grainier or something like that. Maybe like not as fluffy as it used to be. Did you guys do anything to the bunkers?
1: Uh yeah, so what we'll do is we'll pack the bunkers. Uh so even the the, the mechanical rakes when we are driving the sand pro is the machine. So uh what we'll do is we'll put slick tires on that and take even take the rake off the back of the machine and we'll just drive up and down the the slopes and the faces and just constantly try and pack the sand and pack the sand. Mm-hmm. Uh and that that's also that's part of the preparation for the bunkers leading up to the, the two weeks we were open and then even during the two weeks we were open. Uh that's what, uh, that's what some of our staff has been trying to do. And it also helps when we, should we open the course for two weeks for walkups only for, and it was only a hundred rounds a day. So that, that really helps the bunkers stay firm. Uh, you know, typically if the black horse is doing 200 plus rounds a day, uh, we, we rake the bunkers and the next day that they're, you know, they get kind of, uh, people might walk up the face and not rake and mm-hmm. you know, things like that happen. And just, just from that many people get going in the bunkers, uh, because we, the, the bunkers are, you know, it's, uh, to say they're obvious is an understatement. There's almost eight acres worth of sand, so there's a lot of sand. So there's basically a lot of opportunities for people to get caught in bunkers and all those footprints. Uh, even if people do rake the bunkers, um, it's just it's just that, that constant unsettling of the sand that leads to those fluffy lives. And kinda, we kind of know that people talk about that. And there's really not much we can do if, if the rounds stay. It's the... It's kind of I guess to our, our cross the bear with the man around who want to do uh, that the bunkers might not be as uh you know as as say packable as we like, but now that we have the opportunity to they they should get better and better for the tournament. And uh you know, it is unfortunate that I hope I'm glad you you, you kinda of noticed that, but you know the other day we're most most uh saying two months from now they're they're not they're gonna go back to the Friday wise, I bet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well yeah, I mean it was yeah, it was it was I mean it was just like it was very noticeable for me. Um, and then I want to t- uh, talk about the greens because, right, The I mean, we we walk up to these greens and, uh, you know, the Black Horse, is, their greens are always just uh, really impeccable. Uh, you guys absolutely crush it with that. But, I mean, especially now, um, I know that the play has been limited, but the greens were just, I mean, they were as pure as, as pure can be. Um, will you have, do you have a green speed? This is a question that people ask me as if I know the answer to this, but uh, people are always curious about green speeds. There's, there's something about it um, in golf that people are just fascinated with it. Um, do you have a number or is that really kind of not on your task to, um, you know, somebody gives you, um, you know, a certain number, maybe they want it at 11 or maybe they want it faster. Um, and then you and your team work to accomplish that or who kind of sets the green speeds. And is there a number in mind for the championship?
1: Uh or- Harry Hayes uh, has a you know vast amount of experience doing this, running tournaments like this. So I think, uh, you know, I, I went to Hazeltine and then went to Baltimore, and I've seen him uh, uh, last year at Bell Reeve And uh, i seen him out there choosing pin locations. And does uh, another day, like one guy over the front line, one guy over the back, and then they'll be putting mm-hmm. along. And I think their experience can kind of tell them that the Greens are at a fair speed or not for a championship. And that's what we're going to try and give them. In terms of a number, I mean, I think you know. Uh, I would just say twelve is a baseline, and after that, it's sort of championship speed. I think I think that number is good for the black. And, uh, but in terms of specifics, uh, yeah, it's not like it's a race where you know, it's, it's, you know above that or anything past that. I think you know we're, we're a fair number. Just uh, you know, if you hear championship speed, it'll probably be the uh, the phrase of the week. Just because uh, yeah, some people can get hung up on a number, and sometimes it's a little yeah. more about. Are they still receptive to shots? Are they too firm? Things like that. So, uh, you know, fair and fast and firm is uh, kind of what we're going for.
0: Yeah, and no, and it's it's interesting too because even on a lot of the holes, like some some fescue is up. Obviously, you know, not like it would be if it was in uh, July or August or something like that. But it's still it, it, I was still kind of surprised to see that uh, there's a lot of contrast out there. Like I look, uh, I think immediately. Uh, to number eight is beautiful. Like, it looks amazing. And, and as a, a content person, I always uh, tend to, you could really, like, judge a conditioning just by taking photography in the middle of the day when generally that's not the best time to take photography. Um, but even so, when we were just, like, taking pictures with our phones and stuff, like, the, the photos were amazing because, like, there was still some beautiful contrast. Is there anything you guys did specifically to try to get that, um, that rough or that fescue up, um, you know, ju- I know it's it's obviously uh, coming right out of winter. Is there, like, a secret to that, or um, is it still something that you guys are, like, working toward?
1: Uh, well, a lot of that's between, um, you know, Mike Hadley and myself. have both been here for, Mike's been here since 2000. I've been here for a lot longer than that. And then We also have a horticulturalist, and uh, Victor Isaretta was, does a great job. And so those plants, you notice those straw colored plants are called mm-hmm. broomsticks. And they're native grass to Long Island, and uh, he'll actually our uh, horticulturists will actually collect seeds in October, and he'll grow plants. So we kind of force the issue a little bit, and so he'll grow literally six, seven thousand plants in one gallon by the next by the next fall. There he you know, collects the seeds one year, the next year they're ready to plant. In one gallon pot so if we renovate an area we can give it that rustic look pretty much immediately so mm-hmm. we we got so we'll dot the landscape with those and then they they tend to recede themselves and do pretty well and the plant will tell us where it's happy so that kind of gives it that random one too where you know, you'll see clumps where it's really strong and other areas where it's a little more random yeah but uh those so typically those plants we would cut those down uh, every year this time of year we cut them down in the spring the plant puts out a seed head in october and uh you Know which point we usually cut it down and kind of clean it up for the spring, but knowing that we had a spring tournament and that the regular, uh, the regular fescue is uh, like fine, fine fescue grass, like say shinnecock last year, and when we hosted the U.S. Open, it's that nice, like golden, purpley, wavy grass, mm-hmm. and uh, that that won't get up by May the fir- you know, third week of May. That grass won't be at that height, or it won't have that nice look to it. So, anticipating that, we left that broomfed grass up. Uh, that that's that grass that's providing that nice contrast right now, that that golden straw color look against the, uh, the pretty vibrant, you know, the, the sort of emerald spring grass, which does look pretty sharp, but, you know, pretty happy with the way it turned out. Uh, you know, sometimes we wish that the, the players could play the course, uh, or the public could see the course like that. I know, you know, part of it's getting the spectators here for the thrill of it all, but mm-hmm. uh, that the other that oh, the people on TV could see the course presented that way, maybe a little more pristine than uh in this gallery or a lonely place. But, uh, you know, pretty, and the, the fescue, actually, the regular chewing fescue, the fine fescue, that's starting to get up there, too. So, you know, typically at U.S. Open time, that might be at D height. But it's, it's, uh, it's you know, most areas now, it's like six, seven inches high. Mm-hmm. So it's starting to come alive. So uh, it, it's definitely, you know, a little more random than, than in the past. But I think that's that's kind of fair, too. I mean, sometimes you get the, the rub of the green if you hit it off. Uh, get it a little, if you, you know, spray a ball away. From the fairway, uh, yeah, that might be one of those spots where you might get one, two, it might
0: not. Right, and that's what I've always loved about the black is that, you know, you could hit it into the first cut of rough and, you know, you might, the ball may be sitting up. It's it's Chances are it's uh, it's probably not, but sometimes it was sitting up. Like, I hit one in the rough on four off the tee on the right side and it was actually sitting up where actually I, I had an iron shot um, to the green, but... Like, that was, like, one of the cases. And then, obviously, the rough on the left side of 15, uh, it, between 15 and 16, is getting very gnarly. Like, that, that we had two balls go in, and I don't think we found either one. So, sorry if you find a uh, Chrome Soft in there. It's probably it's probably mine.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I have uh, yeah, more helpful than I'll ever need. But, uh, you know, the, the rough at that stage, it's, it's sort of a, a mixed rough. you see, uh, so... Pola annua is is kind of a primary grass at that think. It's an old golf course, and the polar is such a prolific seeder. It's hard to uh, it's hard to suppress it uh, on the golf course. But then when we when we seed the the primary rough, we use a mix of uh, ryegrass and Kentucky bluegrass and tall fescue, and we do that because uh, it basically hedges our bet when we use that mix. Certain grasses like certain situations better than others, so if we use that mix, we feel that we're getting. Uh, the uh it, like i said it covers the bases and it, it gives us the highest floor where, where sometimes if you have a monoculture rough uh like with 100 percent one grass or another uh if you get into trouble or certain areas where it's it's too sunny or it's too wet or it's too shady uh you know it needs too much water there's all sorts of different variables so if we have a mixed rough uh it, it helps us have a, a kind of a at least we have you know we little uh, primarily, you know, this is the You want to have grass. You want to have <laughs> grass everywhere. So once we have the basics down, uh, that's what we're happy about. And then, like you said, that could lead to you know, a certain patch where rye which Even now, you know, like the rough is a little. Uh, well, I mentioned we'd like to get the rough to grow a little bit. Mm-hmm. The like the rye grass is pretty happy right now in certain spots, and the pole is lagging a little bit. So we're hoping that it can catch up in two weeks. But that could also be where if a player hits it, you know, ten yards into the rough, he might end up. With the ball sitting up in a nice little spot of poa, and then in an area where it's a little more ryegrass in there, the ball settles down. Mm. And it's a, you know, a, much, a much tougher shot. So, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So basically, uh, you know, hit, it's a simple game. Hit it in the fairway, hit it on the green, right?
0: I know. I know that's it. <laughs> uh, are, Andrew, are the fairways, are they uh, talking uh, about the narrowness of them? Are they different than in years past that uh, the Black has held tournaments or majors? Are they um, either more narrow or are they a little uh, more forgiving? Uh, just t- uh, talk about the, the fairways for a sec.
1: Uh, the fairways are the same since 2009. Okay. Uh, the 2009 Open, we, we basically left it there. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people cry about how you know, they should be wider and uh you know, there's more strategy if the fairways are wider. Than, I, I don't know. To me, that's just some, sometimes that just seems like...
0: Yeah. You
1: know, the fairways are pretty... If you hit it in the middle of a fairway with the way we have them cut now, you're going you're gonna to be able to get around the course pretty pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 18, the 18th hole is the one we'll see the difference on. Uh, the 18th hole uh, was recontoured toward last spring, and the... I, the way we had it, the, the middle of the fairway, or about two-thirds of the fairway, in between the fairway bunkers, it pinched to about 19 yards. And at the beginning of the fairway, it was pretty generous. It was about 30 yards wide. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of... I, I think it pushed players into more of an option of laying up. It's, it's 411 yards, which for you know, most golfers is still and uphill on the second shot. It's difficult for most golfers, but not for the pros particularly. So, I think to, to add a little, you know, make it maybe a little fairer or to, to even out the idea of, of you know, hitting a, uh, you know, a hybrid or a, a three or a driver or laying up, mm-hmm. the fairway was recontoured. So uh, now it's about it's 24 yards wide, you know, pretty much the entire length of the fairway. It's, it's not particularly straight, like where it's, you, know, you played the hole. So there's still some motion in it from side to side, but we kept a consistent 24 yards wide. So, in the middle of the fairway, we actually uh, kind of pinched a bunker out to make it 24 yards wide and then at the beginning of the fairway on the right side we also added two more bunkers so
0: yeah notice noticed if, that yep.
1: if, right so the player does want to lay up there's a little more uh placed place on being precise and then if a player you know, needs to go for it he's it's not uh the, the lure of hitting a driver is isn't, isn't so penal that they that they would you know, put the club back in the bag but hopefully they take it out and try and you know, get it as far down there as they can
0: yeah and just a couple things before we let you run uh so one thing I, I read that I thought was interesting that I think um, if the listeners didn't read this, I, uh, I'm i kind of interested for you to kind of repeat it for them. But um, in the Met Golfer, uh this month, you spoke about how um, it like May, looking at a, the major in May as opposed to August was actually like you were looking forward to that um, and you gave a bunch of reasons. But I want to kind of tee that up for you. Like why... What are the benefits of you guys hosting the major in May um, from an agronomy perspective as opposed to August?
1: Uh, well, I'll start on the reverse action. The one the one thing that was the biggest concern about a May tournament was uh, winter damage to polar greens. And we had polar greens. And so that's happened. And, you know, in 2015 and 2006, we lost probably six or seven greens. And mm-hmm. it takes until about the first week of June to get those back. But. So, you know, I've been in, on golf maintenance at that stage since, since uh, 1997. So that's only, that's happened twice in 20 plus years. Uh, we've had stress in August, pretty much, I think there was one August that was remarkably easy. So it's pretty much 21 out of 22 years in August. It's hot, it's humid and polar greens are at the kind of the lowest point of the year. So, uh, that, that, that was one. And on, in May, they're really on the ascendancy. Uh, they're really on the upswing at that time of year. They're a little more resilient. They can, you know, they could take a little more, uh, the lower mowing heights for a longer time. And so it's, it's a much better time for the POA and also even the surrounds at the tees and the fairways, uh, you know, if we were having a tournament in August, they would all have more, more play on the by then, more yeah. divots, more like the whole, the whole course just gets a little more tired at that time of year. So in a lot of ways, uh, the, the May tournament was a little better, uh, So that that, that it did help out, I think. I think, and you know, even the weather. I think for the spectators and for the, you know, uh, the average high is 58 degrees, and the average low is around 53 or 54. So, even if you come out here early, it's pretty temperate, you know, weather. So it's pretty nice. I mean, sometimes in August, uh, at at St. We might not have the St. Louis summer, but uh, you know, St. Louis last year, as soon as the sun got above the trees, I mean, it was sweltering. Yeah. So trying to be, uh, in Long Island, you know, you could have a you know 87 degree, uh, 78% humidity day where it's just sticky and, and mm-hmm. kind of gross out. So I'm kind of, at least I think it's a fresher feeling in May. I think, uh, I think that, you know, people will really enjoy it. Even if you want to walk a little more, you know, get as hot. Mm-hmm. So if people want to try and get out there to, uh, you know, uh, 11 green or 10 green. You know, the far end of the course. It's a, it's you know, a little more uh, inviting if it's going to be 65 degrees and then hopefully it's nice and dry. We have beautiful spring weather because, uh, you know, the course uh, last last year when we had a couple of nice spring days that time of year, the course really shined. It was it was just perfect weather for golf.
0: Yeah, either no. playing or viewing. Yeah, absolutely. And okay, so my last question would you uh, would be to you anybody going to the tournament? What would you say is your go-to spectator spot where they could watch like the most action
1: uh there's a few uh you know, on on the maintenance uh round Swamp road cuts the course uh in half a little bit so i always call this uh you know i gotta have a running joke with the clubhouse that this is our side of the road and their side <laughs> of the road so right. uh, you know, on on our side on our side of the road the uh, right around our maintenance facilities are too bad the fourth green the 13th green yep uh, two and two and three are pretty close together. There'll be concession stands nearby too, so that always helps. So that, that's a nice little cluster. Uh, if you go further out, like five and twelve green are pretty close to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going way out there, if you get the if you get the eight green, I mean, you can sit there all day. If you get you could probably get pretty close because that's the far end of the course. So you yeah. got a nice, you got a beautiful par three, and I think you can kind of hang out there and, and see everybody. And then if, if you want the crowd, you want the action, reaction. The bleachers behind 17 green, uh, you know, we were kind of looking at it the other day. I haven't gotten up yet, because I haven't finished the stairs, but uh, if you're at the last row behind 17 green, if you turn around, the 18th tee is about, you know, 10 feet away from the right. top row, and, and if you're on that bleacher you can see the first green, and depending on when you get there and what feet you get, you can probably also see the 16th green, so you can see you know, two, possibly three greens and then turn around and watch the guys do off on 18 and see that. So that, that's, that's a, you know, that'll be a good, uh, a good crowd spot too.
0: Man. That's amazing. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. man, I've, I've, I've obviously I'd be out there. Um, but my, my wife is due that pretty much that same exact week. So we have to, uh, be on base. We have to be on baby, baby watch that week. Huh. But, um, yeah, congrats! Uh, Congratulations. Thanks, Congratulations. Thanks, man. Yeah. But listen, I wish nothing but the best uh, to you and your team. Obviously, when I was out there last week, the course was just amazing. Uh, you guys just crush it always. Um, exciting time for you guys. Uh, thanks again, Andrew, for for taking a couple minutes and talking to us. And um, hopefully, we talk to you down the road. And uh, you know, we'll get out there and 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 maybe play a little bit. You might need a you might need a little a little break after this, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to spending a uh, little time with my wife, healthy, and, uh yeah, she's spending the day at the beach or the city or something. So uh, hopefully we'll get to get a break or two after the uh, after the tournament.
0: Love it, man! Awesome. Well, good luck uh, to you and your team. Uh, nothing but the best from us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right.
1: All right. Very good. Thanks.
0: Uh, all right. Thanks, Andrew.